0: To the Belty Podcast. From top of the pops to holes in me socks. I'm Martin Bell. And this is the Belzy Podcast. The Belzy Podcast. The Belzy Podcast. The Bellsy Podcast. I just want to talk about the music industry and the entertainment industry as such because it's just such a weird industry and it's probably the industry that has been affected the most or well, hospitality has been massively affected uh, with this pandemic. And do you know what? I always used to say that it didn't matter what happened, I could always go and earn a pound note, I could go and sing somewhere, um, whether it be a restaurant or, or a bar, I could always earn something, you know, I had that trade, um, if if you got sacked from the city or you got sacked from a job, um, you've got to go and try and find the same thing, but I knew that I could go and earn a pound note somewhere, and this year has wiped everyone out in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, whether it be it... Uh, from a, a, an engineer, to a roadie, to a guitarist, to a sax player, to a singer. It, it's just been completely wiped out. There is no work. We are shut down. The Belzy Podcast. And we had this little sort of respite. Around the sort of August, September time with a, a few small bits and pieces coming in. Um, it literally was six weeks, six weeks of, of earning some money. And then you, you pretty much, it's it's shut down again, October. And then obviously we've been in lockdown for November. Nobody can f- perform. And now we're going to get to December when everybody, you know, the, the general sort of performers will go and make a good few quid and see them through for about three months. And that looks like being shut down again. And Dad. it just got me thinking about the, the what a strange industry it is because everybody's trying to get further up the ladder in the music industry. You're, 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 you start at the bottom, you're in your band, and you learn your craft, and then you you want to get on, and you you have a you have a, a goal in front of you. Whereas any other industry, you just work your way up the ladder. You you start off at the bottom and then you become manager or you become director and your wages go up your pension goes up you know your benefits go up the company car gets involved and and you just you just climb the ladder it's very rare that you that you sort of go down the ladder whereas in the music industry it's peaks and troughs it's highs and lows and one minute you can have the best the best gig a fantastic gig you might earn double the amount of money that you did the previous year and you might sell some records and suddenly your notoriety goes up your profile goes up and you start climbing up you're doing better tv shows you're doing better radio shows and you finally get to the top and you you, you're in the charts and you're the old days of calling it the charts by the way but you're in the charts and you're on top of the pops which was, for me, was the pinnacle of trying to get there. I wanted to always wanted to do Top of the Pops. I always wanted a top ten record. And we we were lucky, myself and Johnny Sperling, as Bell and Sperling, we were lucky to do Top of the Pops twice. And it really was a pinnacle. And once you're there, then you start thinking, right what's next you've got to try and stay there and it's that old one of you know people used to say that the second album was always rubbish wasn't it you've had all these years to make it and you do this one great album you sell a load of records your your money suddenly comes in you you sort of buy a new house you buy a couple of cars everything's good and then you've got to go and record you've got to write and record the second album and by now you've become your pop star you're walking around with your dark glasses and um, and it dies To to you. And the career goes on the on the slide, and then you've got to try and think. Well, what am I going to do? I'm playing lesser venues. I'm I'm selling less records, and it's the slide down. And how people cope with that. But it also got me thinking about some of the funny stories of trying to get there. Um, myself and Johnny Spurin had so many funny stories of trying to make it there trying to get to that that pinnacle um, we started in the industry when we were 14 years of age and started in bands and actually I started at 14 and I didn't actually have a hit record until I was 34 so so there's plenty of stories along the way of trying to get there. But there's also stories coming off the back of that. Once we'd done Top of the Pops for a couple of years, and we, we'd had a, a good, let's say, three years of earning good money and a and a bit of profile, then it's suddenly you get dropped by the label. We were dropped by Warner Brothers. And it's, what are we going to do? Well, someone phones up. Can you do a gig here in a pub? No, no, we, did, we, did, we, told them we don't do pubs. We did Top of the Pops. Here, yeah, gone. Then need the money, and that's what happens. You have to, you have to take what's there. And I know many stars that have been there, crashed, lost everything, and then made it again. And it got me thinking about a, a funny story that. Um, oh, I'm going to talk about some of the stories of, of playing some of the real bad venues, really bad venues, and funny, funny story. Playing to two people, myself and Johnny Sperling played to two people one. Night. Send us your rags-to-riches stories, podcast at gmail.com. Two people, and neither of them clapped. Seriously. I mean, it, it's, it was... And one of them was my mum. That's how, ba- that's how bad it got. Um, and then, you know, sort of 18 months later, uh, we're, we're doing TV shows, and, and it, was, it, it was quite a strange time. But just as a taster... Uh, I'm going to tell you a story that about the first time I met Rod Stewart because this is the this is the thing with the music industry. Not everybody can stay at the top. They, they, it's very rare that you get an Elton John or Rod Stewart, um, the likes of Bowie and people like that. They, they, it just doesn't doesn't happen. You you could reel off any artist that you like that you let's say you liked 15 years ago. What what are they doing now? They might be doing a few festivals through the summer. They might be. You know, trying to release records online and stuff like that, but they're probably not signed to a major label anymore. Um but they've tried gotta try and make ends meet. They've still got to pay the mortgage, you have got to pay the bills, and so you do have to bite the bullet and you have to take what you've been given. You know, those those uh those days of you walking around in your in your dark glasses and in the back of a limo, um have dwindled. <laughs> and so it's very rare that the likes of, uh, of of Rod and Elton and people like that um, come along and have that longevity of their career. But I I just wanted to tell you a funny story. We'd just um, had Golden Balls out and we'd already had Sven out the year before the Sven-Goran Eriksson song, and we were playing at a charity football match um, at Chelsea Stadium. And we knew Penny Lancaster from years ago. And Penny said, "I want to uh, want to introduce you to Rod." It was like great, can't wait to meet Rod. And I go over and I start having a chat with Rod, and he said, oh, how's it going? Like, you know, you've got your second single out. So I said, yeah, I said, we're doing really well. I said, actually, we're doing Top of the Pops on Thursday. And he said, you're doing Top of the Pops? And I said, yeah. I said, we did it last year. I can't wait, you know, going to do it again Thursday. He said, I haven't done Top of the Pops for 15 years. So said, what do you mean you haven't done it for 15 years? <laughs> you're Rod Stewart, you should be able to phone him up and say, I want to come in Thursday, you want to do, I want to do... He said, no, no, I I haven't been called for 15 years. So he said, what was your pre-sales on Golden Bulls? I said, it wasn't wasn't very good. I said, we had pre-sales into the shops, which is, you know, when you have a record out and you're getting played on the radio, they used to do the pre-sales, the likes of Woolworths and and HMV and Trumps and all all the sort of other retailers would buy in... uh, a lot of the stock to sell it, and I think our pre sales on Sven was about 120,000, whereas Golden Balls was, was only about 60,000. And I'd said this to him, and he said, uh, I've not had any pre sales like that forever. He said, 120,000. I said, Yeah, well, when he to he said, It's incredible. I said, Well, what are you pre sell? He said, We don't really pre sell it. I said, But wait a minute, you, <laughs> you do stadium tours. He said, I can sell out Wembley Stadium three nights on the trot, but I can't sell any records. The Belsy Podcast. The mad thing is about the Rod Stewart story is that I, I probably didn't see Rod again for another 18 months. I mean, years after that, I, I spent quite a bit of time with him, uh, playing a bit of football, and, and he got me a few gigs. But just after... I think it was about 18 months, two years. I hadn't seen him for. And we had uh, a Sunday lunch at a mutual friend's house. And I was standing in the kitchen and Rod comes in and he said, Hello, son. I know what you're going to say. And I said, what, what am I going to say? He said, well, last time I was speaking to you, I told you that I hadn't sold any records. And, and you told me that you'd sold, pre-sold about 100,000. I said, yeah, it was about 120,000. He went, yeah, yeah. He said, I, I remember. Remember the conversation. And he just had the American Songbook album out, um, which I knew had done well in the States. And I said, so, everything all right then? So he went, yeah, I'm back selling records. I said, well, go on, how many records have you sold? And he looked around, (laughs) and he whispered in my ear, four and a half million. Join us for the next episode for... Celebrity stories. Send us your rags to richie stories. The Belzy Podcast at gmail.com. If your story's good, I'll send you a picture of me on top of the box. If it's rubbish, you get one of my socks with a hole in it. The Belsey Podcast is an M-L-E-M production.